You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 51. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Episode number 51 of the Best in Wealth Podcast. My name is Scott Wellens, and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that's you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. In today's episode, how in the world will I ever pay for my kids' college expenses. And speaking of college and school, yesterday was a big day in Wisconsin for a lot of the public schools. Kids went back to school. It's a huge day for parents and for kids. Everybody seems to be stressed out. And sometimes I'm not sure who's stressed out more, the kids or the parents. But I had two little ones going to school yesterday. My little Eva starting first grade and Gracie starting third grade. And Eva was probably the most stressed out. She was asking her big sister if she would take her to her class when they got off the bus. And she asked her over and over again because she just was freaking out the night before. Of course, I got them off the bus yesterday, and ever since, and everything seemed to be going just fine. But it was uh, it was a crazy night for her. And my oldest, Chloe, well, she just started college. Holy smokes! I moved her into the dorms yesterday, the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee, and that was pretty crazy. She lives in this big dorm where there's four towers and about 1,800 kids living total in this community. And I'm going to be honest with you, moving her in, I was thinking back to my college days and wishing I was starting all over again. And even though Chloe was freaked out because she didn't know anybody at the school at all. I mean, she was really stressed out. I was thinking, man, I would be concentrating on all the excitement and all the new things that the world has to offer her and every new thing she's going to learn. And she was excited, but she was certainly stressed out as well. And last night I was hanging out with some buddies and we were talking about school too. And a couple of them said, Something about these couple of weeks just really stress out their wives. And I don't know if it's because we're in this age right now where we always have to have activities planned for our kids. I don't I don't know how that started because I remember summers when I was a little kid and we made do with whatever we had around our neighborhood. We found friends and played basketball and baseball and all kinds of board games and stuff. And we rarely ever got a ride anywhere to go bowling or roller skating or anything like that but now it seems like it's one activity after another so I think my buddy's wives were stressed out because all summer long it seemed like things were busy and boom now school starts again 
And how are we going to get all of our kids to all these different activities before school, after school, and all that stuff? Man, why do we get so stinking stressed out? But we do. And speaking of all the stress, I'm not going to make it any easier for some of you as we talk about our topic today. So let's do it. Let's get to the topic of the day. How in the world am I going to pay for my kids' college expenses? You know, people listening to this podcast, we are in all different kinds of stages in our lives. We have people that are listening that have already had their kids go through college. And they're either relieved because it's over and it's paid for, or they're suffering the consequences of all the loans they may have taken out so their kid could go to school. We have others like me that are just starting the process or in the process of paying for tuition. And I'm about to give you some some of the latest data on how much college actually costs. It's out of the ballpark, that's for sure. And others of you have kids that are going to start college in a few years or many years, and you're thinking to yourself too, how in the world am I going to pay for it? And this is what usually happens because I talk to a lot of different clients and friends, and we get really stuck when it comes to a lot of different money decisions. And college is one of the big ones. We don't know how much to save. There isn't really a mechanism that's going to hold our hand to help us save. You know, now with, uh, not college, but retirement, we have 401k plans. And with 401k plans, it's easy to just defer 6 or 10 or 15% of your income. It comes right out of your check. They make it pretty easy for us. But there is no easy way when it comes to college. It's all up to us. And because we don't know how much to save or where to save or how to save, or who to listen to, we end up not doing anything. We become paralyzed and stuck, and we just don't do anything. And year after year goes by, and pretty soon, it's time for our kids to start college, and we haven't saved squat. So my goal here is to get some of you unstuck today, so you can get on a path to starting a goal, and really starting to save for your kids' college. I mean, paying for college is among the biggest expenses families will ever have, second to only buying a home. Yeah, it is expensive. And according to um, the recent data published by the College Board, the annual cost of attending college in 2015-2016, the average $19,548 for that year at public schools, plus an additional $14,483 if one is attending from out-of-state. Out-of-state tuition is generally more than in-state tuition. And now get this, private school tuition fees averaged $43,921 for the 2015-16 school year. Now this was all in. So this 19548 that I'm giving you is all in. It's tuition. 
it's room and board and then some of the other expenses like books and so forth where they come up with the average and I know this because my daughter's starting in-state public tuition or public schools this year and we are going to pay collectively her and I about $22,000 this year for college. And I say collectively because her and I have sat down and had many discussions on where the money was going to come from. Because as a family steward, you need to decide what the goal is. Are you going to pay for all of your child's tuition for college? Are you not going to pay for any of it? Or are you going to pay for some portion of it, maybe half of it? And every family is different. So I don't ever judge any family when they come to me and say, well, listen, my Johnny, he's going to pay for all of it. I did, so he's going to do it. You know, people have all different kinds of reasons why they come up with the decisions that they do. So it's not my job to judge how much, if any, they should help for school. It's helping them once they realize their goal, how to accomplish the goal. So that's the very first thing. What is your goal? And for me, I wanted my daughter, Chloe, to have some skin in the game, probably from from my experience in college, which was I didn't have a ton of skin in the game and I didn't take it as serious as I should have. But now that I'm older and know how stinking expensive school is, I want my Chloe to have some skin in the game. So, but once you have a goal, you then you have to figure out where's that money going to come from? Have you been saving for years and years? Can you use your cash flow, the amount of money that you're making right now to supplement college and reach your goal? Or are you going to tap into some other areas like a home equity loan or an IRA to help fund the college? But here's my warning, friends. And this is what I tell a lot of people. Do not tap into that retirement fund if you need it for retirement. You can always take a loan out for college or your child can take a loan out for college, but you, my friend, cannot take a loan out to pay for your retirement expenses. It just doesn't work that way. So it's true that if you take money out of an IRA, which normally, if you took it out before age 59 and a half, you would have to pay a 10% penalty plus taxes on that money. There is an exception. If it's used for higher education, you no longer have that 10% penalty. You do still need to pay taxes on that money, but you won't get the 10% penalty. This is why it's so important to have a comprehensive plan for your retirement. Because maybe you have exceeded the amount of money you need right now to fund a successful retirement. But you don't know that if you don't have a comprehensive plan. But if you did, maybe you have access. And maybe it's good to tap an IRA. But if you're behind in your retirement savings, that's about the last thing you should do is tap an IRA for college funding. The same goes true for tapping your home equity. If your goal is to retire when you're 65, but you refinance your house and do a 30-year loan and you're 50 years old right now and can't afford to make extra payments, well, guess what? You're not going to have that home paid off until you're 80 years old. 
And maybe you don't have enough in your retirement accounts to continue to make that house payment in retirement. But if your plan is to retire at 65, you still have 15 more years of a house payment. That does not sound like a good plan. So some of us listening right now, we have kids going into college in the next year or right now. So this goal of paying for all of college or even half of it is already out of your reach. And that's okay because all you can do is move forward and help your child get the best types of loans and really educate them on other ways to help pay for college. I already told you out-of-state tuition and private colleges, how expensive they can be when an in-state public institution can can be just as good of an education. Because if anybody who knows me, you know I'm not a fan of debt at all. But sometimes when it comes to college, there's no other course. The key, though, is not to get your child into too much debt when they graduate. I hear these awful stories of kids having sixty, eighty, a hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt, and then they get out of college and they're making forty thousand dollars or less a year. It's going to take forever to pay off those loans. But maybe you still have kids that are five years away, ten years away, eighteen years away from starting college. If that's the case, find out what your goal is and start saving now because starting early means having to save less in the long run because the savings will grow from your earnings if you start saving sooner than later about one-third of the fund size will come out of earnings and i know this because i started a 529 plan for my daughter years and years ago when she was four years old and almost half of the money that's in there is from growth So I feel extremely fortunate that I have this account for my daughter. But I started planning at a very young age, and so should you. Because what you don't have saved for college when your child reaches 18 either has to come from your your monthly cash flow, or it's just not going to happen. So how do you save for your kid's college? Where do I put my money? Well, One of the most popular college funding plans is the 529 College Savings Account. There are over 12 million American families using 529s right now. And investments in these plans, they grow tax-deferred and distributions are used to pay for college costs are free from federal income taxes. So said another way, this is just an account that you open. You use after-tax money to fund it, but any of the earnings from the account, as long as it's used for college expenses, are never, ever taxed. And because of this tax savings that I have in my 529 account for my daughter, I probably have almost a, a full year or a half a year at least from tax savings that are going to go towards her education. It is a wonderful vehicle to use to save for college. Now, you can open these plans in your state or outside of your state. All all different states have 529 plans that you can invest in. 
It's almost like a 401k. You open up an account, say in your state, Wisconsin, I think is the Edvest, and then you start contributing. Maybe automatic payments coming out of your savings account or checking account each month, a hundred or two hundred dollars or whatever your goal is. And then you have a certain amount of investment choices, just like a 401k might work to invest the money. Which state's 529 account do you use? First of all, it doesn't matter where your kid goes to school. You could open up a 529 account in Illinois. I think that's the Illinois Bright Start Savings 529 plan. But your child could go to school in Wisconsin or California or Florida. It doesn't matter. So here's your rule of thumb. Some 529s plans, if you invest in them, you actually get an upfront state tax deduction. Some states have this tax deduction, some don't. Check your state to see. If your state has a state tax deduction, by all means, use that state's 529. And just Google your state and 529. You'll find a direct sold 529 account that you can open and then invest in. If your state does not offer a state tax deduction, well, then you can look at all the different plans and figure out which one might be the most beneficial. When I was looking at 529 plans, I was looking at plans that have had passive investments. I was looking for my favorite mutual fund company, Dimensional Fund Advisors, and trying to find a state that had low expenses and had these funds because my state at that point in time did not have a state tax deduction. When I opened that account, I was living in Kentucky at the time. And the great thing about these accounts, and I'm not going to go into all the ins and outs, but they have a huge limit. So you can invest a ton of money in these things. A lot of them are $250,000 and up. And then all you have to do is make sure that when you're taking the money out, you're using it for college expenses. And college expenses for 529s count for your tuition, your room and board, textbooks, computers, software, a bunch of different things count. So when I talk about 529 plans, people are usually like, that's cool. But I get pushback from a lot of people too. They say to me, well, what happens if my kid gets a scholarship and now I don't need the 529 money, now I'm going to get this 10% penalty? Because if you take the money out and do not use it for school, you need to pay tax on the earnings plus a 10% penalty. Well, here's the cool thing about 529 plans. If your child does get a scholarship and you don't need to contribute to their college whatsoever, you can actually take the money out without penalty up to whatever that scholarship amount was. But really, I know you think your kid is a great football player and maybe going to get a scholarship, but it doesn't happen to many people. And do a lot of people, when they do get scholarships, My daughter's a singer. She got a scholarship, but that doesn't cover the full cost of tuition, or in a lot of cases, it doesn't cover room and board at all. So who are you kidding? I look at them and just look at the fact that they're making an excuse that they just don't want to buckle down and save right now. The other thing about 529s is you control it. You own the 529. You designate your child as a beneficiary. But you can change beneficiaries at any time. So if you have multiple kids and one kid gets a scholarship and you don't need all of the money, you can roll it into 
another one of your child's 529s. You just flip it around. And even if there is some money left over at the end, well, now it's a great planning tool when you have grandkids. You can switch the beneficiaries to your grandkids. It's a it's a wonderful thing. And lastly, you only pay that 10% penalty if you take the money out and don't use it on college. And the 10% penalty is only on your earnings. Your original contributions were already after tax, so you don't pay a penalty on any of that money. So if you put in $20,000 and the money grew to $40,000, now you have $20,000 of earnings. If your child only needs $15,000 for college, well, first of all, you should be very, very, very thankful because at four years, the averages of in-state public tuition, I just told you, comes out to 80 grand, and that is inflating every single year. If you only needed 15 of that 40, you should not be complaining. And if all that 15 came from earnings, now you only have $5,000 of the penalty. That 20 you put in is not getting a penalty. I hope this makes sense because I don't want it to be an excuse. And for other people, they think, well, maybe I'll start next year. Things are a little tight right now. I don't think that I can do it. Maybe I'll start next year. And next year comes around and the same story pops up. And it's okay because, you know, my kid's only two and three and four. But before you know it, your child is 12 and 15 and all of a sudden college is right around the corner. So let's go back to the very first step. If you have kids, the very first thing you need to do is set a goal. Is this important to you to pay for some or all of your kids' college? If it is, you need to start planning today. Because if you wait till tomorrow or the next day or next year or next decade, you may not realize your goal. And once your kid is in college, then it's all over. Then you might have regret. Man, wish I would have saved more. Wish I could help out more. I talk about this podcast or on this podcast often. Don't live with regret. I don't want you to look backwards. There's nothing you can do about the past. That's fine. All we can do is look forward. But if you're looking forward and you have kids that are going to start college in the future, it's time to set a goal. Maybe they're just a few years away from college. So paying for everything is ridiculous. But paying for some of it is realistic. And doing the hard work now is just going to make you feel all the better when your kid does go to college. It's not easy, I know, but nobody said life was going to be easy. I know you can do it. You just have to make the decision that you're going to. Make that decision today. Hey, and thank you for listening to episode number 51 of Best in Wealth. If you ever have a question, please email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. But until we talk again, I will see you. I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone.
The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities, laws, and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.